You're listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org. Good evening, Portland. Thank you so much for inviting me into your home tonight to speak about two of my favorite topics in the whole world, Jesus and women. Lisa, thank you so much for asking me to close out this week of amazing devotionals on Mary Magdalene. You have an amazing way of inspiring us as women to see Jesus through the eyes of women. Mary Magdalene this week has been inspirational. Every topic, every class, every devotional has been inspiring. But before I begin, I just wanna say a special thank you to Flo, for your partnership with Lisa, to Buzz and Anita, to Steve, your vision, to Carrie, to Jenna, to everyone that has worked so hard to bring so many women all over the world these amazing devotionals. I wanna say a special hi to Rachel. I wanna say a, spe- a very special hi to Skylar and to McCall. Please say hi to Dede for me till I'm thinking about her. Okay, now let's begin. Tonight I'm here to speak to you about I have seen the Lord, she proclaims. To proclaim something means that you are speaking confidently and publicly about something that you have a deep conviction about. Think when you look at Mary Magdalene's life, her entire life proclaimed Jesus. From her beginnings, Lisa talked about this on Monday in Luke 8, it's that Mary Magdalene along with other women followed Jesus. But what was distinct about Mary Magdalene is that the Bible said seven demons were cast out of her. What those seven demons were, we're not quite sure. We should not, however, make the fact that because Jesus took seven demons out of her, minimize the type of woman that she was. Jesus saw something in her that allowed him to not only save her, but allowed her to be a part of those who followed him and he taught. I believe that in Mary Magdalene's life, she believed that there was more to life than what she was living. And I believe she wasn't gonna stop until she found that and she found it in Jesus. Mary Magdalene saw Jesus. I think her life, now that we're coming to the end of the week and looking towards the resurrection, is about new beginnings. To me, Mary Magdalene saw Jesus during the good, the bad, and the ugly. During the good, she saw Jesus. The Bible says that along with the 12, these women walked with Jesus. If that's true, then when Jesus started talking about Mary and describing her in Luke chapter eight, and it talks about who she was, then Mary was also there when Jesus taught about a lamp on a lampstand. When Jesus said in Luke eight, verse 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a lamp, on a stand, so that those who come in can see the light. For there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nor nothing concealed that will not be brought into the light. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. Mary was there at every teaching of Jesus. Does that mean that she was there when he calmed the sea? Can you imagine that? We knew that the woman traveled with Jesus. Was she on that boat? 
did she see Jesus asleep? Did she see the disciples wake him up? Did she hear him ask them, where is your faith? Because that means Mary was listening. She was understanding. She was getting to know Jesus. She was falling in love with Jesus more and more because she saw him being like God. The healing of the demon-possessed man. Maybe Mary could have related. Legion. She was a demon-possessed woman. Maybe she understood what he was going through. Mary saw Jesus at his good. She saw him also at his bad. She saw when the disciples doubted. She saw when the Pharisees treated him with contempt. She saw him trying over and over again to love a world that didn't always love him back. And she saw him at ugly. She saw him when he was beaten. She saw him when he walked on the Via Doloroso. She saw him when he was crucified. The scriptures taught us that those who knew Jesus stood and watched as he died. Mary saw everything. She was not afraid. She was not afraid of him being whipped. She was not afraid for herself. She was not afraid at all for what she saw, but she loved God. She loved God because I think her life was touched. And if any of us have ever been touched by Jesus, we're never the same. I think you've heard from many women this week whose lives have been touched by Jesus who never looked back. That was Mary. She was touched by Jesus and she was not going to look back. I understand that call. I was 21 years old, living in New York City, going to NYU, really searching and believing in my heart of hearts that there's got to be more to life. And I remember walking around the streets of New York thinking there's more to life than just this. But yet when I was invited to a Bible discussion, I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want church. I didn't want religion. I wanted something different. And I remember when I was invited and I went to church and I heard the message, something stirred inside of me. I remember turning to the woman who had invited me and was studying the Bible with me, Lynn Beatty, and saying, whatever it is that you've got, I want. That was over 30 years ago. Why? Because I met Jesus. My dream and my desire was to do law. I hated injustice. I hated the fact that those that could not defend themselves were always gonna be taken advantage of. And I felt like in Jesus, things were equal. Jesus saw us for who we were, but Jesus was willing to let himself become nothing in order for us. That amazed me, because I was not the type of person to make myself become nothing for anyone else. No, I didn't believe that. But I saw in a true king what it meant to lead, what it meant to love, what it meant to be compassionate. And I fell in love with that. So much so that when I graduated college, I decided to spend my entire life helping other women to know Jesus. But you know, if you've ever studied the Bible, one of the things that Jesus calls you to do is to look at yourself. You have to face the good, the bad, and the ugly of yourself. And when you face these things, you can't run, although you'll be tempted to. You can't hide, even though you want to, 
Because if you run or you hide, you will never see Jesus. After studying the Bible and becoming a Christian, dedicating my entire life to helping other women knowing God, I still had to face the parts of me that were not like Jesus. I had to totally surrender to his complete will for my life. For some of you that are listening to me right now, you may have started studying the Bible, but you may have convinced yourself that you shouldn't follow Jesus because of church. And that's where you have to be honest with yourself. You're gonna have to be honest with yourself and to say, is it really church why you don't want to follow Jesus? Or is there something else inside of you? Because when you separate church from Jesus, you realize that Jesus is worth following. That's what Mary saw. That's what Mary understood. That's what Mary gave up everything in her life for. You know, in this pandemic, a lot of us are facing Jesus. A lot of us are facing the good, the bad, and the ugly of ourselves. Because we're at home. Nowhere else to go. We are at home with our own thoughts. We're at own, we are at home with our own thinking. We are at home with our own desires. And after you've blamed everyone else, you've come full circle and have to face you. But when you face you, will you surrender to God? Or will you totally walk away from God? You know, we had a scary incident in our life this past week and a half. One of our daughters came home. She's in her last year, studying to graduate from college. And in this pandemic, she developed a fever. We weren't quite sure why. And over three days of watching her fever, it just went up and down. So finally, a friend gave us some input that we needed to take her to the emergency room. I remember driving her to the emergency room thinking, I can't go in with her, so she has to go by herself. So I took her to the emergency room, took her to the door, dropped her off, and then sat in my car. And in my car, I had to face God. I had to stop and I had to think. If my daughter has this virus, can I say it is well with my soul? And I started to realize the cowardice in my heart. I started to realize that as, as long as the virus was at someone else's door, I could pray for that person. But when it came to my front door, this is where, do I believe God and do I trust God? Or do I not trust God? And I remember sitting there in the car for three hours just crying. First I started off angry, God, why, why me? Not wanting to surrender. Then it became, wait a minute, there's so many other people on the face of the earth praying to God. For their families not to catch this disease. And there's so many people who have caught the disease and who have lost loved ones and our hearts go out to you. To lose a loved one under any circumstance is difficult. And to lose a loved one when you can't be there with them is even more difficult. And I sat in the car and I wrestled with the fact that if she got this disease, what will I do? And I remember crying and crying. I mean, it's one of those ugly cries. You know what I mean? The snot, everything come out. You just had to lay it out before God. 
And I remember calling my husband, Scott. I remember calling friends, praying with them, talking it through, just having to get to a point where I could resolve to say, if this is God's will, I will accept it. My daughter came out, we took her home. We had to wait three days for the results. Those were the longest three days of our lives. She started off quarantine, but by day two, if you have children, you know what it's like when they're sick. They want to jump into your bed, they want to snuggle with you, and in that moment, you have to make a decision. Do you tell her no, because she has the coronavirus and you don't want to get it yourself? Or do you love your child and hug her and hold her because she's hurting? She ended up sleeping on our bed. So needless to say, our family had to decide if she had it, we all did. And we all would have to be at peace with it. And we talked it out as a family. We decided this is who we are. But you know, in that moment when we all decided that we were a family and that we were going to love each other, there was a peace. There was a peace that came over our household that we just could not explain. And since then, we have looked at this pandemic very differently. Our daughter did not have the coronavirus. She had an impacted wisdom tooth, which she's getting better at. She's taking her antibiotics. She's doing much better. But we learned a lot. We learned a lot that, again, there are lots of families out there hurting. But we also were reminded, in a time like this where there is nothing that you can do, you turn to God. See, Mary Magdalene understood that. She came from a life where she was demon-possessed, as we've already said. She knew there was nothing she could do but find someone that could help her. That was Jesus. And when she found him, she held on to him. So for those of you that have studied the Bible, and you may have wondered, should I follow Jesus? Ask yourself now, why shouldn't you? Has Jesus not proven himself to you that in times of need and want, he will always be there for you. For those of you that have made the decision to follow Jesus, it is time for us to proclaim in our lives, by our action, that we've seen Jesus. We can't live like the world. We need to hurt for the world, but we cannot live this way the world lives. You know, one of my favorite things that was said to Mary is in John chapter 20, in verse 17, one thing that no one will ever be able to take from Mary Magdalene is that she saw Jesus when he was resurrected. No one else but her. She saw him first. That's pretty important. But in John 20 verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Can you imagine what it must have been like to stand there face to face with Jesus and to hear Jesus say, I am returning to my Father, your Father, my God, your God. 
This inspired Mary so much that the Bible said, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Mary knew where home was and home was with Jesus. And she understood that wherever Jesus went, she was going to be there. She had listened to him. She had taken his words. She had applied them to her lives and she had changed her life. She went on to proclaim Jesus. This has been an amazing week, but this is only the beginning because this is the weekend that the world looks at as a new beginning. This is the weekend in which Jesus died. He was buried and resurrected. He died for our sins. This is the time for many of us to make new decisions, new changes in our lives. Time to surrender completely to Jesus. Time to no longer live in fear. Time to not let our past define us. Time to not let the world tell us what we believe and what we should believe. But time to let the scriptures define for us who Jesus is. Jesus has gone to be with our Father, our God. And for those of us that live this life and follow him, we will one day hear, well done good and faithful servant. Portland, thank you. Please keep doing what you're doing. Please keep inspiring us to look at Jesus more and more. We love you. You are in our prayers. Please keep praying for us here in Baltimore. We are with you in this fight. And to God be the glory. listening to audio from the Portland Church. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to our ministry, please visit www.portlandchurch.org.